0: The Bucs take down the Cavs behind a 35-10 third quarter, and we got an absolute classic from Giannis. Uh, Maybe a slow start to this game for the Bucs, and certainly by my Twitter feed, there was lots of concern about the way Milwaukee were playing. Uh, But by the end of the third quarter, the game was essentially over. Everyone's feeling better about the Bucs on the night after Thanksgiving. So let's break down this performance from Giannis, and also a lot of credit to Brooke Lopez. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning, fading shot. Up. Oh! Pittman, you can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday uh, and also live on the weekends, the first ever live edition of Locked On Bucks. You can also find my work over at ESPN. And uh, as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen. Whether you're with us live here, the comments are coming through, or you are listening the old school way and perhaps you're easing into your weekend on delay here and listening to Locked On Bucks. We really appreciate it. Jump on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube. Jump in the comments. I've got the live comments here. Uh, people are getting into it. So this is something that I've wanted to try for a very long time. I was concerned about my internet. I didn't know whether it was going to work. But the Bucks beat the Cavs uh, in this one tonight, and it was fun. And it's the weekend, so I thought I would try something different here. Today's uh, episode is brought to you by uh, Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts now. Perhaps the perhaps the best part about doing a live podcast like this is the fact that our listeners and our viewers can jump on and, and comment in the stream here. So shout out to everyone who is already commenting about the reverse cam. Now, we're going to get into this game a little bit more, uh, but let's not forget the Bucks were trailing 47 to 31 before Bud went to the timeout. Drew up the reverse cam on his whiteboard, and next thing the Bucks went absolutely berserk and they finished this game and win 117 to 102. Can I do some quick math there? 117. So the Bucks must have scored 70 uh 86, 86 to 56 after reverse came. So reverse cam came. So make of that what you will. But let's talk about Giannis to start this game, and uh yes, we have got a few comments saying uh, we're doing live podcasts now. If this goes well, if this is what the people want to see, we can do more of these. But let's talk about Giannis. So I was close to 20 and something in the first half, just about what I was seeing from Giannis. I know Marcus Johnson was certainly talking about it on the, on the local broadcast. They had some comments from Giannis post-game that, is he a little bit frustrated? Is he struggling with some of the defensive coverages we're seeing? We've spoke at length about the idea that without Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday's missed some games. With all the guys that the Bucs have had out, the safety blanket for Giannis hasn't quite been there. Tonight I had a theory, and I have to be a little bit careful because sometimes I am guilty. Sometimes I'm guilty of... Uh, just making up excuses. When Giannis doesn't play well, I say, well, this is the reason why he didn't play well. And because he's so great and because you expect it night-to-night basis, I can be guilty of coming up uh, with excuses for Giannis. But if we just look at the way he looked, his body language through the first half of this game, he looked absolutely exhausted. Now, we know that there's illness going through the camp of the Bucs. Pat Connaughton missed this game. Drew Holiday-Nelly missed this game. And again, it, Jump in the comments. Tell me that I'm making things up here. But to me, he looks—he looked unwell. He looked like he had no energy. Certainly, I think Robin Lopez was frustrating him a little bit physically. But what we've seen time and time again uh, from Giannis over the years is that I don't think that there's anyone in the league that can push through injury, push through uh, illness, mental blocks, frustration, whatever it is, to deliver an all-time performance. And by the end of the night, uh, Giannis, I think he had nine blocks. He might've got to the 10 blocks, but 38 points, uh, nine rebounds, six assists, 13 of 20 from the field, knocked down a couple of threes, including a rare corner three. And he was even 10 for 14 from the free throw line. And remember, he missed his first two free throws of this game, which is a part of overall, a pretty flat start for Giannis and the Bucks. So as I try some of the different features here of of the live podcast. So Ben H says Robin Lopez guarding Giannis at half court was funny, but you know what the interesting part of, of that possession. So Robin Lopez is, is face guarding Giannis at half court and Giannis didn't even bother to try and get around him. He just said, okay, I'm just going to actually walk back into the back court and they were playing uh, four on four. Now the bucks actually hit a three on that possession, but that was another indicator that Giannis was perhaps not quite at his best from an energy standpoint. I don't think that that was a strategy from Giannis to say, hey, yeah, let's play four on four. I think he was struggling, a little bit frustrated, and I'm theorizing that maybe uh, he wasn't feeling all that well on this game. But uh, overall, that third quarter, Drew Holiday knocks down a couple of baskets to start. And the start of the third quarter is really where the game could have easily been lost if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, because if if Cleveland go out, they're up by 11. Not much has gone right for the Bucs in the first half. If Cleveland come out and score the first few points of that half, you can easily see the Bucs drop in their head and say, okay, tonight's not our night. Let's go through the motions here. But uh, Drew finishes a little mid-range, hits a three, and then Giannis absolutely blows up and goes crazy and the game is over. Now, this was eerily similar to the last time these two teams played And overall now, the Bucks have outscored Cleveland 69-28 to in the two third quarters. A little bit different this time. Giannis only had 16 points in that last game tonight. Obviously, he had the 38. But just another reminder of the greatness of Giannis and his ability to push through sometimes when things aren't exactly going his way. Perhaps the one thing that did go wrong for Giannis tonight, we've seen him do this before. He tried the lob. He tried the lob off the backboard, and we've discussed this before. Throwing lobs to Giannis is uh, has to be one of the easier jobs in the league because the guy's arms; he can go and get the ball wherever it is. But even Giannis threw his own lob too high off the backboard, and he couldn't go up and go get it. I had to laugh at that. I believe that would have been his tenth uh, dunk for the night, Uh, but a, a classic performance from Giannis as we go to some of the comments in the stream here. Uh, Samuel says, Goat Giannis, man, wish you could get a third MVP. It seems like the NBA is trying to force Luca into winning MVP, 16th best record in the NBA, and he was still first place with the MVP rankings today. So, you know, to me, and I've said this a lot, most of the time the player that's the favorite for the MVP early in the season doesn't end up winning it. I think it's always going to be more difficult for Giannis trying to win his third MVP versus a guy like Luca that is trying to win his first. Like I think rightly or wrongly, I think it's easier to get your first MVP than your third. You look at a guy like LeBron who should probably have far more than he does. But given all the injuries and where the Bucs have been in terms of personnel to start this season, the fact that they're now 13 and five, and it hasn't been perfect, but the fact that they're 13 and five, uh, you have to say that this has been a pretty good start to the season here for the Milwaukee Bucks. I want to talk a little bit more about Brook Lopez on this podcast. We're going to get to Jordan Wara because I've seen plenty of chatter about Jordan Wara. If you've got any questions, chuck them in the comments. First time doing this live stuff, so I'm a little bit, little bit rattled here. But I'm doing my best and I'm, I'm reading all the comments as we're going through here. So more on Brook Lopez to come and then we'll get to Jordan War. But as an Australian, uh, our, our new sponsor of the podcast here is is very, uh, very handy for me. It's ExpressVPN. Now, we know uh, that ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, but there's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix uh, and this can change your world. Now, I've got a pretty good example of how this can be the case. Frank has got me watching uh, Arrested Development. I'm sure some of our listeners have watched Arrested Development before, uh, but I couldn't find it in Australia. Eventually, I found that it was on Disney+, Plus, but I believe it's on Netflix in the US. So this is something that a lot of people don't know. Netflix in Australia compared to Netflix in the US, uh, it's a completely A different scenario. So ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just imagine all the Netflix libraries you can go through there so you can have a fair bit of fun. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on expressvpn.com. Slash locked on to learn more. Plenty of Javon Carter chat here as well. I've got some thoughts on Javon, so I will get to those in just a little bit, but continue to keep your questions coming through here on the stream. If you're listening to this podcast, not live and you're going old school, uh, we appreciate you listening as well. But I'm trying out the live show here tonight. A first for Locked On Bucks after... About 1,500 episodes, I believe, we've done of this show, but uh, we're trying out the live. And so far, so good for my internet as well. So shout out to that. So let's talk about Brook Lopez here. Six blocked shots in this game. He had eight points. He was three for three from the field, funnily enough. Two for two from three. The Cavs are an interesting matchup just offensively if we talk about Brook quickly here because we know that his offense, his scoring, has been well up on where it's been in previous years since he's been in Milwaukee but with Jared Allen uh, obviously Evan Mobley they're probably not the team that you're going to absolutely pound the paint outside of the transition stuff where we saw the Bucks were clearly uh, able to score particularly in the third quarter behind Giannis overall fast break points 22 to the Bucks 21 to the Cavs and points in the paint uh, only 40 for the Bucks so that does sort of support that theory they're a tall team they're an interesting matchup and a unique matchup. And I think, honestly, overall, a team that can can. (laughs) Thanks to Ayani for uh, shouting out my internet. Yeah, much appreciated. But yeah, I think overall, they are a team that present an interesting challenge from a personnel standpoint for Giannis because of the size, because of the length. But defensively, on the other side of the ball, uh, Evan Mobley was getting to tremendous spots to score. And every single time, Brook Lopez was stuffing him. So think about uh, Mobley, Jared Allen, and then Robin Lopez in this game who played significant minutes. If I look at the box score, 20 minutes here for Robin Lopez. And they just couldn't score over Brook Lopez outside of a couple uh, hook shots that we know. Tough to stop from Robin Lopez. He is the defensive player of the year leader right now. I just cannot see that there is an argument for any other player at this point. He's had just absolute dominant performances. And if you think about the Bucs trailing by 16 points in the first half of this game, without Brook Lopez and those block shots that he had early, they're probably down 25, nearly 30, and wrap it up. The game's over. The Bucs are not winning. The offense has been a shit show, to be totally honest with the Bucs for most of the season. They've been in the bottom sort of 10 of the league. And we understand the reasons why. Personnel. I'm not having a crack at anyone with saying that, but defensively, Brooke Lopez is the reason for a bunch of these wins. And yes, Giannis is also great, we know, and Drew Holiday. They've got the personnel. But for mine, Brooke Lopez is the defensive player of the year. Uh, in the stream team, shout out to his back surgeon, deserves a huge raise. I would agree. It's interesting. I was talking to someone uh, that is no longer with the organization, but was with the organization for a number of years. And I threw up the theory on this show last week that Brooke Lopez maybe was carrying this back injury for longer than we thought. And is he actually more healthy now than he's been at any point during his tenure with the Bucks? And it was definitely, I wouldn't say that that theory was shut down to the point where it was basically said to me, yeah, Brooke's been carrying stuff with his back for years. And first of all, the first thing that it makes me think is shout out to Brooke Lopez for everything he did for this championship team and on that NBA finals run to be able to get to the level that he got to and push through, win the ring. Last year, they clean it up. They go in for this major back surgery and we all sit back and say, well, what Brook Lopez are we going to get? And defensively, it would be hard to argue that this isn't the best version we've seen uh, so far in Milwaukee. So shout out to Brooke Lopez. Shout out to the surgeon. Uh, He is the Defensive Player of the Year right now. Javon Carter in this game, I thought his shot making clearly in the second half was important. He was 6 for 9, 18 points in this game, including 5 for 6 from 3. It's been fascinating to watch Javon Carter, I think, find a comfort level in this team. We've made all the jokes about Javon... Shooting 60% from three, 65% from three, is he ever going to miss? And then he went through a little bit of a shooting slump. But he is, he he takes interesting shots. So we know he has the one-legged runner slash floater slash push shot. That I would have to say feels like it should be a low percentage shot, but he knocks them down at a pretty good rate. In transition offense, he pulls up for three pretty regularly. And rather than really stopping, settling himself, he tends to float forward on that transition three, which is unique as well. Knocks it down at a decent clip. And then even tonight, he does still have a hesitance to knock down the three on the catch. He wants to put the ball on the floor, perhaps penetrate a little bit. There is still hesitation there. And it was interesting, you know, for a guy that's come from where he's come from, essentially been a role player his entire NBA career, as is pointed out, in the stream comments here, uh, the Bucks picked him up because he was cut by the Nets. So this isn't the guy that came to Milwaukee with a, a huge uh, resume behind him as an NBA real rotation caliber player. So I think part of it is probably Javon trying to feel comfortable playing with all these stars around him on a team that has won a title and trying to find a comfort level to take these shots. Now, I'm not suggesting that Javon Carter is, is Justin Robinson. That's not what I'm saying. But most people would know Justin Robinson came out to Australia to play uh, in the league this year. Unfortunately, he hurt his knee. We haven't really seen him. But I remember just asking Justin Robinson the idea of coming to Australia and being a a, you know a star on the team down here, and how does that compare to playing alongside Giannis, alongside Drew Holiday, as a guy that's supposed to shoot threes, supposed to provide some offensive punch? And Justin Robinson said, "You know, man, like the scariest thing is just." taking shots because you feel like if you're playing with Giannis, if you're playing with Chris Milton, you're playing with Drew Holiday, you shouldn't be the one shooting the ball because they're so much better than you as basketball players. And it was just an interesting quote. And sometimes with the hesitation with Javon, listen, based on the numbers, he's one of the best shooters the Bucks have, and they aren't really a great shooting team. So a lot of the times you just want Javon to be a little more aggressive and take those catch and shoot threes uh, in particular. So I thought he actually made some of his shots a little more Difficult than they needed to be tonight. But nonetheless, he still had 18 points. And, you know, when the Bucs are rolling in that third quarter and it's 35 to 10, uh it didn't feel like anyone could miss. To be honest, Bobby Portis came in. He was hitting shots. Uh, Brook Lopez knocked down those couple of threes, as I mentioned. So, you know, Javon, I think, is a player, when we look at this roster and who can develop and who has real scope for improvement, I think Javon Carter... Is, uh, is pretty high on the list. And there is uh, plenty of comments uh, in the stream here regarding Javon Carter. So Mike Jones throws up an interesting point here. Why did Giannis sit so long in the first half? He might not say sit there. A bit of a typo, but uh, that's pretty humorous stuff. But why did he sit so long in the first half? So Giannis sat for about nine minutes of game time. And this comes back to my theory from the start of this podcast. I, this is a, a pure guess from me. And they're doing the press conference now. Based on what I know about Giannis, I doubt that he's going to admit anything. I just wonder if he wasn't feeling that well. And you think about some of the performances that we remember forever from Giannis the Portland one, and this is a little bit niche, but the one where he hurt his knee in the warm up we weren't sure whether he was going to play and he came out and dropped 40 plus points and then missed the next couple of weeks with the knee injury. Obviously the NBA finals, you dropped 50 in a championship clinching game after nearly snapping your leg in half two weeks earlier. Insane stuff. And now tonight, I don't know whether it was some kind of flu game, illness game, but he didn't look right. There's no reason for Giannis as the Bucs were really, the lead was extending. The Bucs were falling further and further behind. There was no reason or need for Giannis to sit that long. My only theory is that he wasn't feeling well, and then he finishes the night scoring 38 points on 20 shots. So just another uh, great Giannis performance, and quite honestly, I think one that I'm going to remember as this regular season goes on. Uh, Just so fun, so fun. And we had a comment in the stream a little bit earlier that said that the crowd was electric. Shout out to the crowd, because I think halfway through the second quarter, they were sitting back and thinking, geez, I might be a little bit hungover. I might have eaten a little bit too much food yesterday. I could be in bed right now because this game is not heading the way uh, that I wanted to for the Bucs, but then uh, you've got a pretty entertaining uh, second half there. Let's talk about Jordan Wara after this because certainly looking at my Twitter feed, I would say that there was uh, some frustration there. And I've got a few ideas about the Jordan Wara uh, stuff here. Make sure you continue to send through your questions here on the stream and I'll hit some of them before we wrap up this podcast, but first we'll talk about uh, our friends at Sweatblock now. I might be sweating a little bit doing this podcast. First live podcast, I'm trying to manage a lot of things. You got the ad reads, you got the comments, you got the box score I'm trying to look at. I need a second screen. I haven't got one yet. I'll get onto that. So I'm sweating right now and there's only one thing that could potentially help me and that would be uh, Sweatblock and the Sweatblock wipes in particular. Now, if you know someone... Who is uh, experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor? Try Sweat Block. Save twenty percent off with the promo code Locked On at SweatBlock.com. It's also available on Amazon. Sweat Block gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing sweat. Sweat Block wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. Firefighting can tell you. Done a little bit of firefighting in my time before I was uh, doing this podcast stuff. Sweaty job. So if someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweatblock. Save 20% off with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. All right, we have got one of the great comments here from Colin Nelson. Uh, this is a let's say a fake quote from Giannis, but we can all picture Giannis saying this. At the end of the day, the reverse cam really changed the momentum. There's no doubt about that. Uh the Bucks trailing 47 to 31 when the reverse cam came came, reverse cam came on. They end up winning the game 117 to 102. Coincidence? I think not. Jordan Moore in this game, and look, no doubt about it. Jordan Moore has been someone that has been much maligned um, from Bucks fans over the journey. And to be fair, probably much maligned on this podcast as well. He played 25 minutes tonight. Uh, he finished with seven points. He was a, a minus seven. Now, yeah, there's some players that have a negative plus minus in this game. And what that would indicate is they didn't play big minutes in the third quarter or they weren't on the court uh, during that dominant run, which Wesley Matthews clearly was for the majority of it. He's plus 25 in his 17 minutes here. So wore a two for eight from the field. And this game for his seven points. So seven points and eight shots, not the not the most efficient there. And I think... You know, this comes back to something that I've said before. I, I think you know, for Jordan, it's it's difficult at the moment because we've seen different times in different games, like tonight, where he has the offensive rebound or two offensive rebounds on a possession, gets the and one flagrant foul on Robin Lopez, which was an interesting call. But those are the types of plays that you say, okay, if Jordan Warrior isn't just catching fire from the outside, can he have an impact? in the game. And Andy Schultz says uh, War was actually a, a even on the plus minus before garbage time. So that's, uh, that's a good point there. So uh, I think the challenge for Jordan War is last week we said, okay, he had the 21-point game. He had some good moments. But what does this translate moving forward for Jordan? And I think if his sole role on this team is just being a guy that can get you 20 points on a night, but he only does it one out of 10 to 12 games. Is there more value in playing on Bochamp? So this is the big question. People say, well, why isn't Bochamp playing? Now, my suspicion is, and it's just a theory, nothing behind it. Uh, my theory is that perhaps the Bucks coaching staff are saying, okay, well, we can't score right now. Last time the Bucks played the Cavs, they needed every one of the points from Jordan Wara. I think it was critical to the win. Right now, while Chris Middleton isn't playing, if they need someone that they're going to put in the rotation, they'll put Jordan Wara in and hope that he can score. And it also might just be straight up his last chance. They've seen that Bochamp is going to be inconsistent. He's a rookie. He's going to be on the roller coaster. But overall, he brings more to the table, skill set-wise, defensively, offensively, than, than Jordan Wara does. So I'm wondering whether this is last chance for Jordan Moore. Of course, there's always the theory that, is this a showcase? If he has a couple of games where he shows out from a scoring perspective, is that an additive to a a trade? We can keep talking about Jay Crowder. First time we've mentioned him on this podcast. But overall, I'm not too concerned about the the Bochamp stuff. We would all love to see Bochamp playing every single night. Don't get me wrong. But it's only November. He's already proven that he can have some pretty decent moments. Jordan War has had endless chances with the Bucks, even though they've been sporadic. So overall, I'm not too concerned about Bo Champ playing right now. And based on the way that the Bucks' offense has been, maybe they're just taking the chance that they need, or they hope that Jordan War can have uh, a hot, hot, uh, hot game, a hot streak. There, it wasn't tonight, but as I said, he came up with some. Some decent plays there, and he was able to uh, he was able to finish that and one, which was a big one. So uh, overall, the Bucks thirteen and five on the season. If there's any final questions, get them through on the stream. Now, this is a comment that I can get around uh, right here. This is exactly what uh, I'm here. Talia, oh, Jay is a oh. Well, I've made a mistake here. It says Jay is a vibe. I thought it was Joe is a vibe. I thought Joey Ingles. I thought we were talking about Joey Ingles and I haven't had a chance to bring him up on this podcast. Joey Ingles is a vibe. Let me tell you that, ladies and gentlemen. Jay Crowder, I'm not as sold on. But overall, I'm glad I I wasn't doing the live podcast until the Bucks went ballistic uh, in the third quarter. Colin Nelson says we're going to get Frank on a live pod. I'm not sure I'm trusting his internet. Uh, that's for damn sure. But let us know what you thought about this live pod setup. I'll wrap it up. I just wanted to test it out after a uh, after a fun win uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. They'll continue the home stand against the Dallas Mavericks in a couple of nights' time. A Jason Kidd revenge game uh, potentially. So we'll see how the Bucks go. Typically and historically, Luka Doncic has absolutely torn the Bucks to absolute pieces. So uh, we will check that out. Uh, Thanks to everyone, potentially, if you're listening for the first time. Thanks for jumping on this live pod. I'm glad it's worked. I'm glad we've been able to get through this. Uh, And, uh, well, there we go. Domier the Dragon says, Bucks versus Mavs finals. Uh, Last question here, we'll wrap it up. Any news on the Chris Middleton return? No, he's been practicing with the Wisconsin Herd uh, over the last couple of days here, which, again... It's a bit of a tease. I do just think that the Bucks have been overly and extremely cautious with Chris Middleton uh, because they're thirteen and five, and I know they haven't been playing their best basketball. Uh, but we would uh, we would certainly like to give Chris Middleton an extra couple of months rest. So I think that they will appreciate that. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, again, thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch. Thanks for being part of history with the first live podcast in the post game i was very distracted so i'm not sure if anything i said made sense tonight but i absolutely appreciate the support plenty of feedback in the comments saying do more live streams so we are absolutely going to do that thank you all for listening wherever you are in the world uh, enjoy the rest of your day or enjoy the rest of your night i'm gonna crack a beer speak to you guys next time